short, but we are very fortunate tonight to be hearing from our very own Don Nichols. Very excited. Yep. So Don, I've known Don for uh, four years now, almost four years ago. Uh, we met and we decided we would plan our first uh, house church in uh, Lynn and Dawn's house, thinking that, of course, it's in their house, they're going to join us. And uh, they didn't get the memo. <laughs> but uh, three years later, we finally, we finally roped them in. And it's been a huge blessing to have both of them around. Uh, Dawn is a, a dermopathologist, uh, more importantly, a mother of four and a wife, but also a dermopathologist. So not only can she preach the word, but if you have any weird skin thing going on, she'll check it out afterwards. I think you got a scalpel, right? You can just shave it off. Yeah, so she has many talents. Um, but I've been super excited. I, she shared with us, uh, did a little um, kind of devotional sermon around Christmas time. Very excited to be able to hear her teach. She's a super gifted teacher. Uh, this will not be the last time by any means, that uh, she is up here teaching the Word. So, very excited. Dawn, why don't you come on up here, um, and yeah, give her a hand. Please. A commonwealth applause is, is a big deal. doesn't happen often. Can I just pray for you, and then I'll let you, I'll move that. Father, I thank you so much for Dawn and uh, her willingness to use her gift to bless this community and so many others, Father. Pray for peace, pray for comfort up here, pray for confidence in knowing uh, that you have given her an important word that we all need to hear and that you will speak through her uh, to not only change minds, but to change hearts and transform lives. So grateful that we get to hear from her and I'm so excited to see uh, what you're going to do through her. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So, can you guys hear me good? We got Brooks on it over there. Okay, so, um, we've been on the Sermon on the Mount. I don't know if y'all remember that, but the Sermon on the Mount starts when Jesus saw the crowds. Uh, he went up on the mountainside and sat down, and he began to teach. And so I want you to picture with me that Jesus is teaching these verses not in a church. Um, he's not a, a religious leader as we might think of him. He's with the people. He's on the hilltop. He's sitting among them. It's simple talk in a casual setting with deep, profound meaning. My main aim is for you to see that God is accessible and giving. He's not just in the religious community meeting down the street each Sunday morning. He's sitting in the room. He's standing on the streets. He's present in our homes, our bars, our prisons, and our workspaces. And he's inviting us to know him as our father. We had a family wedding a couple of years ago. Uh, the wedding invitations got a little messed up. Uh, it rained when the postman delivered them, so a lot of them were received and they were wet and the ink had run off and it made them illegible. And a lot of them just got flat out lost in the mail. And so people didn't really, everybody didn't get their invitations. Um, so although we invited many guests, they could have missed out on the wedding because they didn't know they were invited or they didn't respond. So if you didn't know that you were invited or you didn't respond, you really missed a really great wedding. <laughs> If we ignore the invite God is giving us in tonight's passage, we miss out. 
it would be like missing out on our own wedding. We would miss out on the blessings that God has for us, and more importantly, we'd miss out on the deepening relationship with Him. Our response to His invitation matters because God is accessible, and He's a giver. So let me read the verses for us that we're going to talk about tonight. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give them a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give them a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So what does this passage mean? This passage is about him inviting us to ask, seek, and knock. So the Latin verb that we translate here as ask and seek is a Q word, carere or career. We get lots of English words from it. So I want to know how many of you have ever played Scrabble or Bananagrams? Let's see. Okay, so most people know what I'm talking about. So when we play it and you draw the Q tile, there's always this, I got the Q tile, what am I going to do with it? So I've got lots of Q words that relate to tonight's passage um, to help you out with the next time you play Scrabble or Bananagrams. So um, Jesus is encouraging us to inquire, question, and quest for God. So there are all a lot of cue words that we get from this career word, like require, request, query. They sound like ask, don't they? Inquire. But also, we might not think of the words that come from this word like question and quest. And that's also part of what God is inviting us to do in this passage. So Jesus is encouraging us here to inquire, question, and quest for God. If we do, the Father has a promise for us. He promises he'll respond as a good father would, even better than the best father that any of us have ever had. The promise of Father God is to give, show, and open the door. The offer is for us to experience something special, but we have to respond to the invitation. At times in my life, all I could do is just kind of lightly tap on the door of God with one little tiny knuckle. Uh, God responds to even the smallest cry for help or the slightest look upwards. But this passage is encouraging us to come boldly, knock loudly, a two-fisted knock, and ask believing that he has what we need. His response to our asking and knocking is to be a giver. His door opens for our ultimate good and for his glory. He provides what we need. When father, what father gives a hungry child a snake to eat when he asks for, for food? God is accessible, he's able, and he's a good father to those who ask. So Tim Keller puts it this way, the only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. We have that kind of access. So how much do you relate to Jesus like a child relates to a father? Do you remember Do you encounter him outside a church gathering in your home or in your workplace? Have you seen a bit of him and yet realized you don't really fully get everything about him? The offer Jesus is giving us is to draw near to him, to know him more and more and more. He is saying, come and experience me as a good gift-giving father. Grow up in my house. Experience the gifts of being under my roof. Just ask. 
The word give appears in this passage five times. God gives, 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 and gives. His gifts include things like forgiveness, peace, solutions, meaning, wisdom, and provision for our truest needs. If it's as simply as ask and receive, why don't we get everything we want? Sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. James 4.2 says, you have not because you ask not. We run around chasing our own solutions and our own provisions, knocking on everybody's door but God's. God says, you have not because you ask not. Also, ask and you shall receive means you get what you need, but not necessarily what you want. (laughs) Jesus was not preaching a prosperity gospel. God is not a vending machine. We don't just put our dollar bill in and out pops a million dollars. I got this soda can. I left it over there, but maybe Aaron can hand it, uh, hold it up for you. I saved it for you guys because I got it in Old City at a coffee shop last weekend. And the brand is called Want and Need. It was pretty good soda. But it reminded me that everything I want is not what I need. Sometimes things taste good, but they're not good for us. We're knocking on the wrong door. After James said, you have not because you ask not, he goes on to say, you ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives or you ask amiss. Sometimes we ask for, sometimes what we ask for is not what we need. Sometimes asking and not getting is not just getting yet. Like if there is a time to sow and a time to reap, there's a time to ask and a time to receive. I turned down a job once because they offered no benefits. Being unemployed was uncomfortable for several months, Uh, but I kept on praying. Months later, they called me back and asked me what benefits I'd need to come work there. In that instance, I'd kept on knocking on God's door, but many times I lack that kind of persistence in prayer. Some translations emphasize the Q word is not a quick get. The New Living Translation says it this way, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Persisting in prayer is more like a slow brew than an instant coffee. He answers prayers in time. The answer right now is not no, it's just not yet. What's something you could persist in praying about that you need? But sometimes in reality we ask and the answer is no. I have friends that prayed for children and never had them. Friends that prayed for a life partner but remained single. Friends that prayed for their child to live but he didn't survive. Devastating situations, unanswered prayers, still no answers for it. Sometimes the invitation is to leave what we don't understand with God. Sometimes we have to look beyond the need of the moment to the greater work that God wants to do in it. My daughter with the wet wedding invitation calls it learning to ride the wave that throws you on the rock of ages. And we all ride them. If you know statements about God that end in a period, then you can live with hard situations that end in a question mark. God is sovereign, period. God is faithful, period. God will see me through, period. We all experience hard situations that at times leave us questioning. Jesus invites us to come to him with those questions. The Q verb is the root for to question. There are times of need, times of apparent silence from God, 
in times of senseless situations that cause us to question the goodness of God. Biblical people brought their questions to God, and God answered right back, sometimes with questions for them. People ask things like, how long, O oh Lord? Are you who you say you are, and why? They brought what they didn't understand to him. They sought him with the hard stuff. The amazing thing is that he hears. He says, seek me, and you'll find me. You got questions? I know the answers. James writes in another chapter, If anyone lacks wisdom, ask God who gives abundantly. Just the process of talking to him about what we don't understand helps us rest our heads at night on the pillow of his sovereignty. He might not calm the storm, but he can definitely calm his children. Comfort is experienced. Heartaches start healing. Confusion begins clearing. Wisdom and guidance is given. But we have to bring the hard questions to him. The Q word is also the root of quest, to seek, to pursue, to search, to quest. Has anybody seen the new Indiana Jones? Anybody? Nobody? Nobody in the room has seen it? Okay, okay, we got a few. Well, you know in the old ones, Indy is always searching for something like the quest for the Holy Grail, for instance. Uh, quest implies something adventurous, at times difficult, with danger and risk. A quest may be demanding, but it's worthwhile because the pursuit is for something meaningful and important. A trip you pack and prepare for, but a quest carries fewer illusions of control. It's a wild ride, not a leisure trip. In his children's book, C.S. Lewis describes his Christ-like figure, which happens to be a lion. He writes about him. Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king. Ultimately, a quest is when people quest through life in search of that king and his kingdom. Questing is finding the sacred along the way through a father-daughter or a father-son relationship with that king. The invitation to quest is an invitation to follow Jesus and walk with him through all your life stages. We can often think, if only this would happen, then I'd be happy. You know, we're kind of always looking for the next thing, the next stage, the next season that we think is going to make us happy if this would happen. The truth is, you can get to whatever the next thing is and still feel empty. We chase around what we think will make us happy, and in the end, it's like the U2 song says, we still haven't found what we're looking for. I read an NPR article recently that said, while social media connects us like never before, it can also increase feelings of being left out. Anxiety, depression, and social isolation, sometimes greatly exacerbating feelings of disconnection from each other and from the real world. People are lonely, often feel something is missing and are searching for purpose. It's a God-sized hole in our heart, and God offers to fill it. Everybody's looking for the key to life, the key to happiness. But Jesus says, just knock, and I'll open up a life with joy and meaning for you in whatever stage you're in. Seek me first, and all this will be added. Quest for me, and I'll give you life to the fullest, even in the hard stages. Most parents are trying to give our kids a good, a good life, right? All those of us that have kids, we want to take care of them. We want to provide for them, even when it's not easy, even when life's hard. 
Uh, Matthew's gospel was consistently making the point that God desires to do that for us. Um, It's such a critically important theme in the whole book of Matthew that he says Father 66 times in the book. And 17 times in these three little chapters we've been going over called the Sermon on the Mount. 17 times he talks about God as Father in his sermon. He also records the detail that Jesus used the term Abba. This was a very unusual term for Jesus to use in relation to Father. Um, The people of Jesus' time were afraid to even say God's name. And Jesus says, call him Daddy. Call him Abba. Abba is an endearing term that's personal and intimate, and it still implies he's in absolute authority here. How do people see God today? These verses point out that he's inviting us to see him as our able and approachable dad, yet he is still large and in charge. We can ask him for anything. We can throw all our hard questions at him, and we can go through life with him like a quest. The big question is, how do we do it? To get real meaning in our lives, we have to be intentional with our calendar. I'm speaking to myself here. This is my calendar. Is your schedule a tyrant like mine? I've read that Americans on average spend seven hours virtually alone looking at a screen every day. And I can tell you, I'm above average. I'm an above average American on that one. We have to unplug and carve out time to get quiet with God and get loud with others. We have to find places and people to spend lots of time with, like Aaron said. We're not talking about just a minute here or there, but lots of time with in ways that feed all of our souls. Who will quest with you for God? Whether here corporately or out there, wherever everybody's doing microchurch, we need relationships with people who are willing to walk with us through our mountaintop experiences and through our valley experiences. None of us have it all together. None of us have it together at all. And all of us need each other. We need to risk vulnerability to share the hard stuff with people who will pray with us and will pray for us. How risky is vulnerability for you? If I'm honest, post-COVID, it was too easy to procrastinate reconnecting with people or attending church until somebody started calling us all the time about coming to to Commonwealth. (laughs) Um, But it's worth it, and it's crucial for the quest. Lastly, we have to carve out time to be quiet with God, to read his word, and to listen for his voice. It's a still, small voice. Some people write and journal because writing stuff down helps organize thoughts and prayers. Maybe writing is easier than praying aloud. The Psalms are full of those kinds of poured-out prayers, raw prayers from David. If you haven't read the Bible much, start with Matthew and look for those 66 times that Jesus tells us about the Father in Matthew. Believing comes from hearing, reading, and seeking God, questing for him in his word. Be intentional with your calendar. What if, what would our lives look like if we did persistently request, question, and quest for God? What if we look, ask, strive, endeavor, seek, and desire God? What if our longings, what we're missing in our lives, what is lacking in our relationship, and what is empty and broken in our midst is brought to the door of Jesus? 
This passage has a promise that if we boldly come and ask for big things, what he has for us is incomparable. What the Heavenly Father has got on the other side of the door is more than we can ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20 says it this way, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us, to him be the glory. Other translations say, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, far more than we could ever ask, immeasurably more. Ask, seek, knock. I don't know what all God is going to do, but I know it will be meaningful. John 10.10 warns and promises us, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, He came that we might have life and have it to the full. But we have to accept the invitation. So I'll ask uh, Coburn and Megan to come on up and lead us in worship, and then we'll have our time of communion together. <laughs> 